Blog Talk Radio. guys live behind the fourth wall it's third rail radio the podcast starts live 646-929-1480 and now your host anti-crisis 73 and ancap dalek hey dalek how are you tonight my brother i am awesome 
Yeah, you rock, man. Um, thanks for getting the show set up on on a moment's notice. Uh, one of our our uh, shoot the shit um, episodes. Uh, lines are open. Uh, we can talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Um, yeah, how are how are things uh, with you, Dalek? All good in the hood? Yep, yep. Excellent. Uh, that was a, a a nice conversation we had last night. Good times. Um, Hell yeah. Why not? Why not start off with uh, with a little news um, in 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 this crazy world and increasingly uh, getting crazier it seems. But but maybe that's just entropy. Um, it's this week, uh, fifty years ago, this week that uh, Martin Luther King received uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, an interesting contrast. Uh, uh, to our more recent uh, presidential recipient of the Nobel Prize, Barack Obama, um, you couldn't you couldn't really find uh, two more disparate characters um, in both me- methodology, um, I think morality and ethics uh, as well. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting if you if you go back and if you have an interest in, in the civil rights era and Martin Luther King, um, which I do, and, and you go back and listen to his uh, to his speeches, to his sermons, um, lectures, whatever you want to call them, uh, it's incredible how uh, relevant and timeless they are. Um, you know, if, if, if you listen to them in a, in a certain context and maybe... Maybe it's a cynical context, but 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 that's kind of my context. Uh, you know, we haven't progressed very far um, as um, exemplified by uh, Ferguson and and now into St. Louis. And uh, you know, it's it's no surprise that that St. Louis of all cities. Um, and, and many other cities have gone through this, but it's going through this right now. It's the culmination of um, a city that was architecturally um, and from an urban design standpoint set up, segregated. It was uh, the gateway uh, to the slave states. Um, it was also an important stop on the Underground Railroad, but it, it you know, shit, commerce worked both ways there. Um, and Missouri is steeped in... Uh, Clan tradition and institutional um, embedded racism. Um, you know, and if anybody is from Missouri here, uh, I'll preemptively apologize. <laughs> but uh, we could do without without Missouri, um, and I think things would continue uh, along just fine. Um, but uh, next little piece of news: um, there's uh, looks looks like a pretty good. Uh, possibility that uh, Boston may have its first case of Ebola. Um, there's a lot of Ebola uh, uh, hype and, you know, all the usual suspects like Alex Jones and uh, um, the, the YouTube yellers and shouters um, are all crying. Uh, all sorts of um, sort of, sort of uh, oh, I mean, at this point, almost dangerous things. Um, 
you know, and there's always a thread of truth in them that, ma- that makes them more dangerous. Um, but the bottom line is that from a simple arithmetic standpoint, um, there's 10,000 people infected with Ebola in Western Africa right now. Uh, you know, we all have been through third and fourth grade math. We know uh, what happens when you reach 10 and the power of 10 and, and exponential growth. Um, and uh, I read um, this morning um, that uh, somebody is contracting Ebola in Sierra Leone and Liberia um, once every five minutes. Uh, so, you know, divide that by minutes in the day, uh, take it to the power of whatever it is, um, and uh, you quickly see this will get out of control um, more so than it is. Um, and it's also just a clusterfuck over there, man. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Um, over here, uh, we have a second person, and, and this is the dangerous trend to watch. We have a second person um, who has uh, developed the virus um, domestically uh, on U.S. soil while um, uh, in the treatment of uh, the uh, Dallas uh, patient zero, um, which he'll be come to know as, um, and uh, was wearing protective gear, um, all the all the requisite protective gear, and nonetheless contracted the virus. Um, that's a confirmed case, um, and and the worry there is uh, that obviously. Um, this virus uh, has uh, mutated or changed um, to become more um, efficient um, in in being able to transpose itself from one host or to the next or one um, next victim to the next. Um, you know, and and there's a lot of literature on on the fact that the Ebola virus, um, especially the Zaire strain, um, which which is still the one we we are dealing with mainly um, can become suspended in in uh, moisture um, in tiny you know particle sized beads of moisture that that are in the air um, not for very long um, it's a it's a fairly heavy molecule but nonetheless um, I think that that the anecdotal evidence uh, now. Um, takes precedent over what what the CDC is saying. And if you just do a Google search, you see in like 86, um, it was spreading uh, from monkey to monkey who were in cages, uh, rooms apart. Um, you know, so the, the scientific literature and precedent is there. Um, and there's also some, um, some interesting uh, research um, uh, about the fact that Ebola's um uh most effective climate um that the you know the uh sort of the the, the environment that Ebola is optimized in um as it as it uh works as a virus um is not in in warm tropical weather near the equator but actually quite the opposite um crystalline structure um and uh, it, w- it will tend to become lighter and uh, um, more uh, 
atomizable, if that's a word. I'm not sure if that's a word, but it's easier to sort of aerosol or atomize um, and therefore spread. Um, so that'll certainly be an interesting uh, thing to watch out for. Um, Boston is uh, um, a little too close for comfort for me. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Dalek, you have any, uh, is there any e- Ebola hysteria um, uh, in, no. in your neck of the woods? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I, uh, it's just I, a thing. I mean, for the most part, <laughs> I've I've lurked on a couple of like that people from Dallas's timeline. It, you know, it seems it, it it seems sort of like uh, at least in in the neighborhood surrounding uh, that hospital um, and that apartment. Um, you know, it's like kind of like a pre-hurricane type of environment. Uh, but uh, you know, I think I think Europe is. Is really the one to watch what's what's going on in uh, in Spain with uh, with that group of, of medical workers. Um, and what a what an awful thing, man, to like put your life on the line, right, to help uh, people who are essentially beyond help, um, and then contract uh, um, you know Ebola yourself, um, man. That's uh, that's quite a trick there, uh, you know. And man, I had tons of admiration for uh, Doctors Without Borders. Um, what is it, Many Small Sans Frontier um, in French, and uh, and the other doctors uh, in organizations like that who are over there. Um, I do find it interesting um, that uh, a Christian. You know, I do still find it interesting the juxtaposition between being a, a, a doctor of medicine and a Christian missionary. Um, you know, it, 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 it seems like you, if you study science to the degree um, at which you can practice medicine, um, then either you've had one hell of an experience with. Uh, um, something unexplained that you have perceived and manifested as, as to be God, you know, or, uh, you know, or, or it's, uh, you know, just becoming a doctor doesn't, doesn't fill all the, all the human requirements to, to be considered, uh, um, satisfied in life. But either way, that's an interesting contradiction, but, uh, I'm glad somebody's over there helping these people because it's a, it's a it's a sad state of affairs. Um, so Obama has has ordered uh, immediate federal action to help the to help halt the spread of uh, Ebola. Um, and on Blue Vino show, um, they brought up the, the, the fact that uh, John McCain had um, had said I don't know if it was on the Sunday talk show or or whatever. That you, that there, they should, there should be a, the appointment of a of an Ebola czar. Uh, I, I have never heard anything more utterly preposterous in my entire life. Um, the one thing it does maybe give some insight to it, besides the moronic fucking nature of Mr. McCain, um, is that if they're thinking about appointing a czar. Um, you know, we get we have we've had drug czars. I'm sure that what there's probably a cyber terrorism czar. We have all sorts of czars, but uh, a czar is only appointed when 
Um, uh, <laughs> the language is so funny, right? Um, but is only appointed when um, the area in which they are appointed has reached some sort of uh, critical mass or tipping point, and they have to make um, a gesture to their uh, to their constituents um, that that you know they're everything is under control. So we'll appoint a czar, we'll uh, convene a committee, then we'll con con convene a subcommittee, then an oversight committee, and then what we'll do is we'll get a non-congressional bipartisan delegate to oversee all of those committees. Um, so I don't see where, uh, you know, aside from just taking care of uh, shit in your own backyard, I don't, you know, to a degree where things like what happened in Dallas where, uh, you know, the, the local um, uh, the maintenance guy, the local handyman who's got his poster up on a, on, a, on a telephone pole and you pull the fucking, you know, the phone number and you call them when you need something removed um, are the ones who the CDC and our government called to clean up probably gallons of uh, blood-laced vomit. Um, and subsequently the uh, uh, Ebola-saturated apartment. Um, that was just absurd. Um, you know, and, and, so, and then so things of this sort of stu stupid level, then they, they give ammunition to, um, you know, to people who like to get on, on the radio and yell and scream about uh, patents and... and um, you know, man-made virus and, and so on and so forth. Um, if anybody can show me a patent number for the Ebola virus patent off of um, the federal patent registry, that, that would alleviate any of, of uh, my doubt about, about that claim. Um, you know, now whether they will patent it in the near future or in the process of it because of the Probably uh, so. Yeah, because of the whole blood and obviously the the potential for a virus coming from the um, uh, myoglobulin, what do you call it there, the uh, serum, um, which is just spun blood basically um, separated in a centrifuge. So there'll be, there'll be the potential for probably several patents off of that and a, a, uh, an income that they'll derive from selling it to a to a pharmaceutical company or or kind of arm length leasing it to a pharmaceutical company um, but i don't I don't think that that uh, man is is capable of making something um, uh, this perfect um, you know and I, and I say that from a biological perspective um, Dallas, do we have any people on the phone um, on the verge of being Pedantic here. Yes, yes. Canadian Glenn, you're live. Glenn, welcome, brother. How are you, man? He he, he may be on he may be on mute on his on his own mute. But uh, if he comes back, we'll bring him right on. Oh, hello. Hey, what's up, Glenn? How are you, man? Yeah, I was fucking self-muted, sorry. No worries, no worries, welcome. 
Thanks, man. Uh, it's just a uh, Sunday night up in Canadia. It's our Thanksgiving tomorrow, so I don't work. So how uh, how does how does that whole Thanksgiving in Canada thing work? What do you mean? It's a Thanksgiving. It's just a different day. That's all. But but is it is it, it, it like what's the tradition? You know, we have this uh, sto- fabricated story of. Uh, Pilgrims and Indians coming together and sharing a harvest. Is there any is there any uh, narrative, you know, or or sort of uh, story of of, or is it does it have to do with Columbus Day also? Uh, no, the only difference is you take out the pilgrims and you put in redcoats. Okay, and gotcha. That's about the only difference. In, gotcha. That makes that makes perfect sense. Um, do you guys do turkey? Yep. Well, you know, where I am out west, there's an awful lot of uh, Ukrainian and Polish uh, settling, you know, uh, that have been here for been here for over a hundred years. So, I mean, on Thanksgiving, there's either turkey or ham or the Ukrainian Thanksgiving, which is way too much food. That is uh, that's like a, I think Eastern European cuisine is is uh, is underrated. I mean, you know, some of it is like you know water and stone, um, but the things that they can do with a pig and um, with fat is absolutely glorious. <laughs> uh, you know, they make uh, they make some of the best sort of uh, uh, rustic um, champagne style at charcuterie. Um, out of every portion of the pig, um, but uh, yeah, that must be fun. Um, well, there's I, some of that stuff I won't touch. I mean, like uh, <laughs> head cheese. No thanks, man. I'm not into that shit. And uh, pig's feet. No thanks. But you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, exactly. What what makes the world go round? So. Uh, <laughs> Any thoughts on on this uh, on this Ebola thing? And is there? I mean, is is there? Is it on the hitting the twenty four hour news cycle in in Canada? Well, they're trying. Uh, they've got somebody in Calgary that they have isolated that uh, they're testing. Um, I, I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time until there's one in Canada too, because you know we can't be left out. Um, yep. But I mean. You know, you hear about this stuff in Dallas. I mean, the guy got in the country. Now we're hearing that he took somebody to a clinic that had it in Liberia. Then he comes back. He said, oh, no, I was just, you know, hanging out, whatever. Guy goes to the hospital with a fever of 104, and they send him home? Like, yeah, that's, that's... What the fuck? That's crazy. That certainly does leave the door open for you know is that is that incompetent or uh, you know is 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 it uh, more of a hey seventy three yo yeah. yep K Street we got it welcome one on K Street to the uh, discussion. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject this into uh, the into the discussion to to bring it to a little lulzy level. It seems that um, mysterious clown sightings um, are troubling a California city. 
uh, in, California, <laughs> in California, San Joaquin Valley. Um, people dressed as clowns are causing quite a stir. Uh, the latest After Dark sighting came Saturday when police in Bakersfield responded around 8 p.m. to a report of a clown holding a firearm. Now, did, he ha- did he have a badge? <laughs> Excellent. That was on time. Um, when the officers got there, they searched but didn't find anybody. Um, apparently, they've arrested a, a juvenile um, dressed as a, as a clown. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but that 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 I, maybe it was Stephen King's. Uh, uh, was it? Which one was it with the clown? It. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like man, clowns can scare the shit out of me. I think I think if if you're trying to scare somebody, that's a good move to make. Kate, are you on the line? I'm here. Welcome, man. How's it going, seventy three? It's A two with K. Hey, how how are you, brother? Good, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. Welcome to the show. Good to have you. Awesome, brother. First time here. Excited. Cool, man. Welcome. Um, so we, we were just kind of uh, joking around about uh, these clown sightings. Um, any thoughts on clowns, small cars, big shoes, or red sh- or red noses? <laughs> uh, I love them all. You're a clan, uh, clown, a clan. You're a clan fan, a clown fan. <laughs> Dude, are you really trying to put me in the KKK right now? <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you're you're about the anti. The only way you could be more antithesis uh, of KKK would be if you were black. <laughs> so, no, that was a, a mere slip of the tongue, not even Freudian. Um, so you're, I mean, you, Kay, you, you're in, 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 in the wide sort of metropolitan area. There have been a couple, you know, uh, reports and then and then proved to be false of, of, of Ebola. Is there any... Uh, any sense of urgency, um, you know, down there, or uh, seem no, to be a- no, not not at all. Um, our emergency rooms have been trained to recognize, you know, the situation. Honestly, we've only had two cases in the U.S. Now uh, we had the uh, the second case that came out this morning. Um, there was a healthcare worker treating um, the gentleman that came from Liberia, and it's not spreading. Um, CDC is working with a hospital in Dallas, and they think it was um, because they weren't properly trained in how to decontaminate um, their biosafety suits when they left um, the quarantine area. So, I mean, it's really nothing to worry about. It's not going to spread here. um, And, you know, everything that's coming out from the CDC and everything, it's not, you know... Two cases here versus 10,000, you know, in Africa. Yeah, it's not spreading. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 10,000 in Africa, that's uh, that's a pretty big number. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's terribly, you know, disconcerting. But when you look at half of the places where this, you know, disease has broken out in Africa... If if you see their hospital conditions versus ours, oh, it's yeah. I mean, it is uh, it's it's stark and and it is alarming. I mean, 
so just out of curiosity, um, who is also on the line with uh, one on K Street? Uh, this is A. A, uh, you know, his roommate. Oh. Yeah. and I hung out um, a while back. Uh, congratulations on the job, brother man. Thank you, um, man. Yeah, you bet. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Um, so, solid dude. Let Let's get right into this because I think we have a we have a good uh, a good group here. Um, so, uh, ISIS, um, ISIL, IS, whatever you whatever acronym you'd like to use. Yeah, however you prefer to you know nomenclature yeah. them. So now so now it's very interesting because every mile they get closer to Baghdad the price of crude is going up. Um Well they have they have to do something to stop the slide, right? Yeah, exactly. Um and it, I, I, I find it so interesting that the stage is so perfectly set up. None of the none of the people who you would you know, think if you were in the field uh, would move, like Turkey, Erdogan, um, Russia um, have moved against ISIL. Uh, they're now positioned um, a proximity outside of Baghdad where almost any military movement, um, whether uh, um, attacking or just uh, strategic, will affect the price of crude. That's a pretty sweet setup for uh for well you know who like, you know it it's it's perfect like like I was telling a earlier um and i was I was briefing him on the situation with isil isis however we want to call him j uh, yeah um the the situation you know regardless of the price of fucking oil um they're still massacring humans by by you know the thousands and and that's the most upsetting thing about this and and how and that was the the conundrum that I that I posited to him was how do we stop this because a military incursion isn't going to solve this so how do we basically come up with a uh, freedom of religion standpoint from that you know between uh, different religions going on and all of that. How do we, you know, how do we support that if all they've the grown condom, up and all the condemnation, done? the condemnation of 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 the caliphate and Baghdadi needs to come from the imams and the Mahdi's. No. It needs to come from within. It needs to come from um, the people who who speak the edicts um, that the rest of the religion. Um, is required to follow by uh, Muhammad and and the Quran, um, and but, the fact. But how do you how do you justify that between the Sunnis and the Shias? You know because well, well in there lies the problem, right? Um, uh, well, if, if, go ahead, Glenn. Well, I mean, it's only in the Western media where this is all spun out of some offshoot. Islamic belief. <clears throat> if you watch the news, let's say on Al Jazeera English or Al Arabiya or anything from that side of the world, they're not hyping up this religion angle. This is just a group of fucking radicals, period. 
they're using yeah. religion, and it's selling in the West because hating Muslims is always a good sale. But what Kay says is right. Like, but the fact of the matter is, they are they're 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 killing people. Um, you know, because there's uh, power involved. Of course, they are. But so the so the the you know the the uh, equivalent of the pastors and um, you, you know the priests. God, that's an awful word. Um, uh, you know the the holy men um, of of. Uh, Islam need to come forth and condemn ISIL. That's the only way that that this will come to a stop is if they can turn public the 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 internal Muslim public sentiment um, reverse uh, you know the sort of the the ebb of um, of momentum that ISIS has gained by fucking just mopping up everywhere they go. Um, well. Well, I mean, there has been high-level Islamic clerics everywhere in that part of the world. I mean, as far away as Indonesia, everywhere, every Muslim country, they're all saying, this is bullshit, this is fucked. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter, because it's not the true... It's like it's like saying if there was a Christian sect, like, like Westboro Baptist Church... Every oh, other come on, are we really going to bring Kansas in this? <laughs> every uh, every other denomination of Christianity can say they're nuts, but they're still there. It's the but same they, thing they over there. I mean, and so okay, so then the question becomes: so how does how does um, a group that that and Coming I agree just live? It's New Wellhauser. It's so. What's up, Neil? Welcome to the show. It's so. It's okay. such a tiny, minute uh, portion of the Muslim population. How does that tiny little sliver of population all of a sudden explode um, into a position of leverage and power like ISIL is? And then, and then we can get into uh, you know who funded them, who started them, and well, we know um, that. Crazy. I, I, the mainstream media. Um, you know, still refuses to acknowledge that those pictures of Al Baghdadi and McCain and uh, um, fuck, I forget who the other guy is off the top of my head. Um, in in um, Baghdad are are not real, but they're real. Well, I mean, McCain gets off on creating wars. I mean, this is what he's been good at for 20 years, not much else. You know? I yeah. mean, I don't understand why Obama would send him over there last year to begin with. He's Obama, from the other, he's from the well, other party. He Obama ran against him for Obama president. Didn't send him. McCain's a senator and and they're allowed to to go on their own excursions to research at as Senate researchers, not directed by the president, but the Senate and House uh, representatives can do the same thing, so, where they can go overseas to do diplomatic missions without, so, you know, you know, executive order. Just okay. They did that on their own. So would they be going on behalf of the Senate Intelligence Committee or anything like that? Whatever. whatever they could either go on behalf of committee or they can go on behalf of themselves as, you know, senators that 
they have that right as a senator. Wow. That's insane. Uh, yeah, they have that latitude. I mean, Rumsfeld probably, probably sent him. It's probably who sent him. Um, no, do you do you remember the uh, the the whole uh, debacle with the uh, group of uh, Republican representatives that went to Israel and yes. uh, got in trouble, fucking skinny dipping in the Dead Sea? Yeah, yeah. So any any senator, any representative, as a representative of the United States, can you know do a you know, fact-finding mission overseas if, you know, it, it it entails their constituency or a committee that they work on. What a scam. Free of charge, Free of charge by the way. they The, the government pays for it. What a scam. Well, and also, in this particular instance, we, we have a sitting president who isn't even made aware of when, when there's been an attempted assassination on him. Um, so I, I, I doubt people tell him a whole lot of things what's going on. Um, Neil, uh, do you have anything you want to add anything to the conversation? Jump right in, man. Yeah, the only thing I've heard here so far, I don't think they're, the uh, House and Senate trips are paid for Unless it, it is something connected to committee work, and I would even want to go and check that. And the reason I say that is that uh, there's always minor scandals with these congressional junkets, and who's paying them to go wherever it is they end up going. And in terms of uh, diplomacy, uh, that uh, that's not typically done with electeds. That would be the State Department who are authorized to do that sort of thing. And uh, I think the electeds, you know, they, they form relationships, they get involved in conversations, and they may get sneakily used to float ideas to see whether or not they're going to work. But uh, that, that diplomatic function, definitely a, a executive arm kind of thing. Interesting. Well, that, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that definitely sounds more sane to me that states would uh, would coordinate these things because I mean as far as I know state still has nothing but private security anyway so they should be able to go a lot more places really with private security than a presidential entourage could go so that, yeah that definitely makes sense to me that yeah perhaps State had something to do with uh, Senator oh, Dementia going over there. I, I highly doubt that John Kerry would have wanted uh, John McCain anywhere present. That's <laughs> a good point. They're trying to do. And uh, you, you were saying about you know State Department and travel and, and so forth. They had their budget cut by about a fifth in 2011, and then the same Republican-dominated House that sliced their budget and cut their security people, you know, is bitching about Benghazi. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, people talk, remember Benghazi? And my response to that has been, which time? (laughs) Because we had our our embassy there in 1967 was overrun and with a much larger amount of trouble than what we had in 2012. And, uh, you know, we spend, uh, outspend 14 to 1 on military versus the State Department, and 
it's it's a mess. Was that because of was that because of sequestration that that was cut, or was that just a budget cut? You know, the, the sequestration stuff. It, it was when, both. Yeah. Well, timing-wise, I think it was part of the overall sequestration, but there's just a real issue there, in my mind, when you've got a, a military system that's getting $700 billion a year and you've got a State Department that's getting $50 billion. And they're, you know, this is, it, it's like buying more fire trucks but not having the, the smoke spotters on duty. And that's the whole point with the State Department is that they're supposed to be there to head things off before they get out of hand. So there's very much a uh, a presumption that we're going to go and fight. And I, hmm. politically, I mean, we had 10, 10 years, more or less, of overseas deployment and a massive feeding trough on Capitol Hill. And now we're almost done in Afghanistan, and they're doing everything they can to drag us into this bullshit in Syria. With, okay, no, yeah. with no plan other than that, other than keeping the feeding trough full. That is the strategy. Yeah. If I can uh, jump in here. Yeah, uh, please do. When I first tuned in, you were discussing, you know, the how and why as far as the recruitment for the jihadists. Um, most people don't know, but there are certain people who are influential within, you know, the Muslim circles. These are people who, you know, teach the religion for, you know, people who are just coming into it. And some of these people, they have kind of a a radical view of Islam. And, you know, it it's not hard to interpret certain parts of the Quran in ways that, you know, basically say, you know, kill everybody that does not agree. But, you know, that that is not much different than the Old Testament. Um, there was also discussion about, you know, Christianity. Some people within, you know, that religion or certain sects of that religion that uh, can basically take it the same way. And they have, you know, we we've had Christian armies you know, forming here in America for probably forever. Well, um, best we not forget the Crusades. And yeah. it's, it's not like uh, the uh, the Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, uh, government policy where all women should wear burqas and, and you know, just go by the Sharia law, you know. It's just pretty yeah, well, I mean... This I certainly disagree with, and, you know, a lot of Muslims also disagree with Sharia law. But you also have people who are new to the religion, and they think that that is the ultimate goal. And part of that is, you know, probably misinterpreted. So you have these people who are attracted to the idea of becoming Muslims. They seek out certain sites, uh, for example, um, Islamic Awakening, which is a uh, a site based, you know, the leadership is out of the UK, out of London. And uh, the person who is behind that site, he believes that anyone who, you know, faces Islam in a negative manner should be beheaded. 
and he that's teaches true. It that's true. Publicly. Uh, and and, and so, really, when you look at it, it's like I, I, you know, for me as an American, as a white American, like I would like to visit. Uh, uh, what is it called? I would like to visit Mecca and 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 look at the structure, this huge structure that they've they've created over a Mecca. You know, this mm-hmm. huge clock tower and all these all these sites. You know, that revolve around uh, that that stone that the Muslims. Uh, uh, worship over it, and I'm sorry that I don't have sight citing to you know say like, hey, this is a particular name and stuff like that. But uh, you know, uh, the, there's there's hundreds of thousands of Muslims that pilgrimage to this stone, and I'm sure you guys could jump in and say, you know, hey, this is the name of it, and they revolve clockwise around it, and um, really like that, that's a modern marvel. It really is modern marvel. And us being Americans, like white Americans, we can't see that because it's inside Saudi I believe, Arabia. And I believe this year they had two million. Yeah, yeah, two, but, but two they, million. You, you can't, but you can't, you can go on Hajj. Like the, the perception. No, yes, you can. The perception that you can't go on Hajj because you're a white American it is is and something that. Uh, that Glenn mentioned earlier, that's just the perception, the story, the bullshit that we're fed. Anybody can go on Hajj. Yeah, that you know? that I, I certainly agree with. They and, actually and the encourage name, the name it. Of the, to... the name of the stone is, is the Kaaba, and, and essentially yeah. it represents the manifestation of the word of of the unspoken, of yeah. Allah. Uh, and, and that incredible... Um, um, sort of peak of uh, flow when when Mecca is like in in full swing. Um, I find it really interesting if if you've seen any film of it um, from a bird's eye view. It really does l- look like the torsion motion of our of our whole galaxy. Um, anyway, I find it fascinating, and I would I would love to I would love to go on on Hajj too. I don't I don't think I'm in in the physical. Uh, likewise, likewise, and, so. and like the Saudi you, Arabians will stop anybody who isn't in pilgrimage for the Muslim to to visit that site. I mean, it's a modern marvel with the clock tower and you know, just the, the buildings around it and stuff like that. And you cannot visit that uh, unless you really invest yourself into the Quran and yeah, to uh, uh, to uh, become um, a believer. To break in here, uh, like Neil said. You know, it is forbidden for non-believers to see it, but to go, you know, to go into the to go yes, into yeah. Um, but anyone entering yeah. anyone entering the religion is encouraged to you know go on this uh, journey of you right. know. Right, it's a once in a lifetime event. Correct. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then after that, they are encouraged to carry out jihad. Not everybody. But what we're seeing now with ISIL, I think I think it's well, but, it's really important to point out that and hey, seventy three seventy three. Can I jump any, in here? All right, let me just finish this point. Every branch of any religion of the big triad has uh, an uh, an arm or several tentacles that are absolute batshit crazy. There's people who become born again Christians because they think the rapture is going to come. That's no right. different. That's no different than people who become Muslim because the ultimate goal is jihad. You know, no, that it, is this it, it certainly doesn't, but it also, you know, we should not um think that there is 
not us because there certainly is. There are thousands of people who are drawn to this radical view of Islam. And you know, it it's right. Let me let me jump in here. Yeah, go ahead, Kay. Sorry, I, I because, had to get because that off I'm my attention span went away. I, I'm, you know, I'm atheist, so I I am not religious in any sense of the word, but I study world religion, and when you when you look at the term jihad and and traditional Islam, it's the struggle, and yeah. and that's that's all it means is is the struggle to to keep the faith. It, so jihad has been westernized. It it has been, um, you know, changed to the point where you know the connotation where you hear jihad automatically becomes fucking suicide bomber. That's not what jihad means, you know, in Arabic. That's not what jihad means to to true Islam to. To the majority of the one and a half billion Muslims in this world, it's the struggle to understand God. It, so that, now, Madison, forgive me if I'm wrong, but jihad is holy war, correct? No, Not, jihad no. simply means the struggle. That's okay. all jihad means. If you translate it back to Arabic, it's the struggle. Okay, well, what, what, the, what's the, the struggle that, war, that is today? No, the holy war connotation is a Western interpretation. Okay, jihad, okay. jihad means the struggle. That is it. That's what okay. it is. Well, that's only one, one method of what they'd like to say ensures the survivability of Islam. Jihad is one method, but there's also another method that hardly ever gets mentioned in the Western world, and that's ijtihad, which means doing the same thing, but doing it with education, yes. by, by demonstrating the Muslim way of life, which is how most Muslims, 1.6 billion of them, live, you know? Like like K Street saying, this jihad, jihad, it's a buzzword. And it's it's been created to make everybody who's not Muslim fear them and assume and stereotype. And and we have a word, not a specific term for it, but we certainly have, you know, the term the struggle. Um you know, uh it's it's kind of like all bits and pieces of, of the English language, it's kind of um, sort of sarcastic and, and maybe a little uh, sardonic now, but uh, you know it exists. And it's a concept, right? It's a concept that that keeps that keeps you moving forward in life. The struggle, I, I think. Uh, but I think the question that needs to be addressed is again, like, okay, so then how did this tiny little representation slice of of Islam? It, I mean, it's it's not it's not just the creation of um, our media. Um, there are horrible things going on, um, you know, wherever wherever the, the caliphate travels, um, and it's probably going to get bloodier. So, 
So how did these tiny population within a huge number, what is it, 1.3 billion people are Muslim or something like that? 1.6. Um, 1.6, like, to come to control the Western lens, the Western consciousness, um, and right now, pretty much the whole world's consciousness. Like, how? Like, how did? How does that happen? Like, you know, Westboro Baptist Church isn't. You know, they're not moving in on 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 Maryland. Oh, um, uh, well, they've, <laughs> we've we've sold it to Westboro Baptist Church. I mean, they're they're the back burner of everything. I mean, if they, if they try to do anything, Westboro Baptist Church is going to be completely freaking. Uh, uh, exactly destroyed exactly. by the people like us. I guess wait because all because I gotta do is absurd. make one. All all I gotta do is make one call home, and that place is a firestorm. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Westboro Baptist Church is completely irrelevant because you know everything so, that they, they try to do. But this is why they're relevant is because if you ask ninety nine point nine percent of Muslims, you know what they think of. Of the caliphate of I, of ISIL, they will they will say that they are as preposterous and absurd and misrepresentative of of the true faith that Westboro Baptist Church is of Christians. That's right. Yet, yet, fucking ISIL is wrecking shit. The Westboro Baptist Church is hanging on by a fucking testicle, and they're a joke. Okay, you know? but right. how about so, this? So what? what what if what if the Westboro Baptist Church got a couple hundred million dollars in weapons from the CIA? Do you think that would make That's a difference? True. That's true. Bingo. That's true. Bingo. That is what I was driving at. Who is setting up this apparatus, this tiny, tiny, tiny slice of Islam? Who is who is providing them with power, right? You have to look to the House of Saad. Of course, you have to look right, right here to Washington, Qatar. Yemen, he's, he's sort of uh, aside from... Don't forget Saudi the Saudis. Oh, yeah. That was the house of Saudi, Saudi Arabia, of course. And aside from some Joseph Saudi Arabia, Arabia these, uh, these smaller... Um, uh, Emirates. Uh, Emirates that have been horrors to, uh, to the West for, you know, decades now. Um, they're pushing this thing, you know, and, and I'm not sure if it was on this, this show or Vino's show, but... Um, Glenn, you know, Glenn made the point. It's, they're squeezing that dollar um, out, and I think that, that you know, as you discuss like this type of thing, um, you know, and believe me, emotions are going to get heavy because uh, ISIL is is just beginning to fucking, you know, uh, shock and awe. Um, and well, if they get in the, if they get into Baghdad, it's going to be going to be nasty. You're going to have Sharia Sunni, uh, Western inflamed, um, um, sectarian violence. Um, you know, and that's horrific shit, dude. That's that's like tribal, old, nasty, crazy shit. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's like when everybody said, okay, so 800 ISIL fighters attacked 30,000 Iraqi army conscripts. And the Iraqi army ran. Everybody says, well, how the hell can this happen? Well, maybe because the army is the only job. It's the only thing they could do. And they just show up and wear the same clothes. Everybody looks the same. We're getting paid. Cool. 
you know, <laughs> these guys just need a job to feed their families. There's nothing going on over there. And then when it actually comes push to shove, it's like, uh-uh, fuck this. I'm not getting killed for this bullshit. And maybe right, half, really maybe, maybe half of them think that whatever's going on in Baghdad is bullshit anyway. So, okay, so you know, so with with ISIL, what I'm thinking, you know, is they're running off fear. They are, you know, recruiting off of fear. Basically, the real question is, how do we get people, you know, from ISIL to understand, you know, that you know. Fear is in everything. How do we get them to understand, you know? How do we convert them to the real original, you know, word of the Quran and all of that, that, you know, killing That ain't isn't... happening. That ain't happening. I don't, I don't think they're, they're, they're running out of fear. It's, they're it's, going all it's or nothing. true. Yeah, all or, all, all or nothing, really, it is. Uh-huh. You know, that, you that, that, that that's the path you, they've you don't think You don't think they're recruiting a fear? Oh, I oh yeah, yeah, do. oh yeah. I absolutely do, and I think that's an I think that's an incredibly uh, effective um, recruitment tool. Um, so is success, victory, absolutely. Um, you know, and and uh, you're talking about a, a, a very um, a vulnerable population um, that is begging to be recruited by something. Exactly uh, true. Okay. All right. And, you know, and 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 we we I mean, so I, so I guess it's one of the questions asked that I don't know if everybody's seen that uh, lecture by uh, General Wesley Clark that he gave I think at the uh, uh, Army Historical Society yeah. or something. Yeah, um, yeah the, five, the five year plan. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen it, give it a Google. It's it's worth a watch because he is essentially lays out um, this plan. His timeline was a little accelerated, but uh, um, I mean, to a fucking key. Well, that was uh, right. That was five-year plan. Let's talk about the five-year plan for a second here. Uh, well, that was that was the best-case best scenario. <laughs> right, right. That was the best-case scenario, and I guess a couple players didn't play as as. Uh, the neocons who kind of outline this whole uh, scenario, and, you know, and are and are no surprise back in the news all the time again. Yeah. Um, you know, but so um, so that that's what's going on. We all know it. Um, and uh, there's there is there anything we can do about it? Not from here. Right. I don't think we should. I don't. I don't think we have a dog in the fight. I really don't think we do. No. Bullshit. Oh, We're doing the Crusades all over again. Let's do this. I, well, <laughs> it, I, I think like it, it's like it's the Crusade to for for money, die, the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's true. Uh, that's true. I still I mean, say. Um, I, I still say that Syria. <laughs> you know, it, crude is running out. You you. I mean, the illusion of scarcity is what this our whole uh, economic system is based on. Um, and when there's real scarcity, uh, value skyrockets, right? And um, you know, back to the point now, it's it's literally like whoever it is who 
you're the conglomerate of, of groups who have propelled ISIL to the position that they're in literally now has like a, a dial for for the price of crude. Um, oh, that's been around since OPEC started, though. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, I guess it just it's not as nuanced. Uh, okay, time. now now we're now we're on the subject here. Uh, the the stock pro- the the stock market is dropping. Okay, the stock market has completely fallen off the bottom, and and we've lost you know six hundred points in the last week. Uh, and and on top of that, like our food prices and our gas prices, when we go to the pump, our, our gas prices like here in Arizona. Okay, our gas prices are like two ninety eight. Okay, and that's 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 been the first since two thousand eight, two thousand nine, since uh, gas prices have been in the two dollar two two dollar range, and uh, and our beef prices have been you know just just falling off the bottom. You know we can we can afford you know freaking you know uh, New York steaks bone in for you know less than. Two dollars a pound and stuff like that. I'd like that. Wow. Nothing makes sense. Nothing fucking makes sense. Market. I like that. Hey, can you? Uh, no, hey, go ahead quick. with your Just point, though. I interrupt. Go you. ahead go and ahead. ship me some of those. At <laughs> <laughs> that price, I know, right? I know, right? I'll, I'll, I'll send you a money order. <laughs> I know, right? So, like, like our beef and, and our food prices have like really fallen off the shelf. Like everything is so cheap. It seems like. And uh, so our gas and our, and our food prices have really fallen off the bottom, as as well as the stock market has completely, com- completely basically crashed. You know, well, to sixteen thousand eight hundred. Rule that exists, you know, that's kind of left over from what I guess was designed as a free market system that we don't live under. Um, right, right. You could only charge what what you know, your consumers could pay. You you couldn't overcharge because you wouldn't sell anything. And you're exactly right. So that's where we were. Um, income has stagnated. Uh, things went, you know, skyrocketing um, prior to two years prior. Um, and so it, it got to the point where everybody was, was pulling stuff out of the, uh, you know, the bargain freezer in the middle aisle of the grocery store. Um, and, and petroleum is so tied into our, food system, it's tied into everything, um, petroleum's dropping, I mean, there was a headline, I live in Vermont, and, and uh, um, you know, gas has been over $3 for a while, um, but I saw a headline this morning that said uh, price of gas will hit 3 bucks sometime midweek, um, you know. It will, it will. And, and, and what's um, happening here is, there, is that the Fed is is keeping off this this proportionate uh, uh, tapering of keeping the interest rate at near zero. And you know we're awake, okay? We're not fucking asleep to this bullshit uh, yeah. that the that the Fed is lending us money to keep our paychecks going and stuff like that. That's that's how the market. Uh, is that's how our economy grows? Is that every single dollar that we have in our single, you know, that we have in our wallets is borrowed from from the Federal Reserve, not from the United States government. You know, it's 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 a perpetual system of uh, of tyranny. 
it, it, it's it's usury, yes. Usury is the profit of banking, uh, making profit yeah, off our. Slaves. Yeah, yeah. It's it's being yeah, dead slaves. So mean, you know, sl- slavery and, or really keeping it at zero. It, so. it just it just transitioned into a different format. Well, I think it's also a reflection of what the real worth of money is right now since 2008. When you can afford to take money... 2008, come on, man. No, I mean, this is when all these things change with the interest rate and all that shit. So if you go from 2008, if interest rates are still zero now in 2014, that tells you what money is really worth. It's not worth much. It's okay, just big numbers. No, go back yeah. to go back to O one with the uh, dot com crash. Uh, yeah. The dot com crash was the precursor to what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, exactly. Really, go back. Go back to O one. That's nothing got better after that. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to crash the conversation here. It's just you know, no, if you go back to O one, it's it's. It's the beginning of what we what we're dealing with right now, uh, but if you go back behind that, you know, like when Nixon said, like you know, uh, mm-hmm. you can't have gold anymore or anything like that. It's it's really uh, well, fuck it. not a system if, that if you, you, can, back, you can you can attain. If you go back before '01 and the dot com crash, you can go back to right. savings and loan and what '88, yeah. '87, yeah. yeah. Uh, before that, you can go back to eighty. The, the the boom and bust cycles of modern capitalism in the United States has gone from ten year cycles to about five year cycles. Yeah, it, it goes back to it goes back to whenever it was who decided, whatever group it was that decided that the 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 determinant variable in the equation of profit is labor. And I shouldn't say decided to, I should say decided to go back to, where sort of um, it became clear that sustaining paying people um, uh, a wage that was uh, represented in uh, post-World War II America just simply wasn't going to work, especially um, as uh, trade barriers, um, you know, started started to become more obscure and things were imported and exported. Once it was just re-decided that, that okay, it, it's labor that will either make or break us and the cheaper labor, the cheapest labor we can get will make us profitable is, is when, I mean... Is was the final straw, I think, that broke, broke the camel's back of a poorly designed economic system. You know, people people call this uh, capitalism. It has nothing to do with capitalism. It's not free market. Um, it's, it's morally it's, bankrupt. It's a, it's a regulated corporate plutocracy, and the only regulations come at the expense of the populace, of the people, and at the benefit um, of of corporation, um, and uh, it, it, you back know, in, I mean, go ahead. Back, go ahead. back in the '70s, if you had a corporation or even a business in the '70s, an acceptable annual profit margin 
fifteen percent was high. Now that's true. Now it's fifteen percent per quarter, or we fire yeah. the chairman. We elect new board members. This is what's changed. It's it greed. Like it's greed, flat out, unbridled, legalized greed, and it's destroying society everywhere. It is. It is. Um, well, back in well, back in the thirties, they used to fucking hit on this for mafia running this shit. Well, what about the robber bears? Because, you know, we were so yeah, short robber bears back in the, I mean, back in the late is, 1800s? Yeah. This early, is, this is early 20th century? Yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is the why antitrust laws came up. You know, but but even then, antitrust laws came up, and, and what, Texaco or, or American Standard became five different oil companies, you know, so that that didn't work so well. But... Um, well, it did at the time, but the thing is, they haven't kept to the anti-monopoly trust laws. I mean, when when Clinton removed Glass-Steagall, it was only a matter of time until we ended up where we are. It's just that's that he, true. you know, he didn't really get things rolling. It was, well, 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 hold it on. was Bush. Hold on. hold on. I mean, Clinton there's might... a lot of fucking money that was in place to Whoa. to make sure hold that Glass-Steagall removed. Harry, right, go ahead, but. Yeah, that uh, Clinton might have signed that, but that was the Republican-dominated Congress that made yes. that mess. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, we're talking about lobbying here, though. No, I he mean, put if, it... you, if you lobby, this, you know, it's like, hey, you know, some, if, if you're a congressman and somebody approaches you to say yes on a bill and they'll pay you $50,000, are you going to take the $50,000 or are you going to walk away? Yes, you're going to take the $50,000, right? Not no, if, right? Not you if your name's Ron Paul. Oh, you right. If your name is Ron Paul, sure, but he didn't get it. You know, all right, he did get elected in the Congress, but he's not like uh, the president of the United States of America. But see, we need you know to change I mean? like the whole thinking from that being the default correct answer. Like, yes, oh, obviously, I'd take the money and run. Yeah. To no, I wouldn't. Who gives a fuck? I'm I'm living. Well, that's our political living within my means. Uh, I'm I'm making enough money. I don't need more and more and more. Like this is this like state of entropy that that you know Glenn referred. We're to, talking about we're, a retirement. We're talking about a retirement fund that'll last. You know, it, it, it only takes four years to 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 uh, uh, establish this retirement fund, as opposed to you know an entire political career. You know, and that's what's dangerous is that when lobbyists yeah. come into play. Where it's like, hey, vote yes for fifty thousand dollars, just just one vote, not not you know like two years worth of of uh, of, of working. It's it's like, hey, you know, just vote yes and we'll pay you one hundred thousand dollars. And these congressmen or senators will will vote yes, and that's not savvy in a democratic system, I guess you well, could say. Well, we need we need we need to reinstate Glass Steagall. We need to repeal Citizens United. We need to get big money, TARP funds, fucking NGOs, lobbying firms out of out of politics, pure and simple. But it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen, without, though. No, not without not without blood, sweat, and tears, and like a lot of I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, it, 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 you it, you look at like how people. Uh, expressed their dissatisfaction with the system 
um, here in America versus how they do it even in Europe. Um, and it's a, it's it's an it's a pretty stark contrast, man. Like it's all fucking fish show and love and hippie figures here. If people want change, it's not going to be pleasant, man. Like you might not have a job for a while. You might fucking be eating, you know, f- you know, f- you know, hand to mouth. Um, uh, and and I I say this with the uh, liberty of not having children. Um, you know, that's total full disclosure. I think the equation absolutely changes um, in priorities. I'm sure biologically and, and philosophically become all sorts of rearranged. So that's what it's going to take um, because nothing's going to change from within. Um, the, the system is so sick, it's so corrupt, that to be able to operate within it, your mind has to be fucked up, you know. Um, we've defaulted to the lowest common denominator here where we're back on the African South, and the biggest lion, um, you know, gets the fucking prize. Uh, you and, know, and, and I I want to break in here. Go ahead, man. I want to I want to pop in here and say that the, having worked on Capitol Hill and having had my conference room while I was there, across the hall from Mr. Ron Paul, who used to come out and lean on the door and watch people go by whenever he was thinking about some kind of a problem, your assessment that it's so sick that it's going to have to be gutted to clean house, I agree with that. The problems that we have, you know, starting with the repeal of Glass-Steagall in 99, uh, coupled with the money in politics, are, you know, I don't see a path around it. I mean, and I got pissed off enough about it that I moved out there for a year to do something about it. And the system is so... Self-productive. You, so you, you lived out here? In D.C.? Yeah, I was out there for a year. Where'd you live? Uh, I was in Maryland. Uh, you lived in Maryland? P- PG County? Okay. What's well, fucked up, though, stuff. is that, like, across 50 states, okay, what's fucked up is across 50 states is that we have a primary election that doesn't allow some kind of independent uh, votership and an independent candidate because they're, they're completely just blackballed from, from the ballot. Okay, and, so it can go to a, 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 a votership where it's like, hey, you know, like my fellow BTR rest, uh, listener or fellow BTR, you know, uh, constituent is running for, you know, local office and he's not Republican or Democrat, and you can't vote for him. You can't. You, you just fucking can't. And you can't uh, allow them into office and allow them free voice. And that's really fucking insulting for my language. I mean, uh, uh, Neil brought up Ron Paul, and, um, you know, I, I, I encourage the more parties, the better. If that's the system we have to, if we have to have, uh, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Um you know, after what happened to Ron Paul happened to Ron Paul, it looked like he got raped in prison, man. Like, well, it, it, it really cool. brought to the issue. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Like they 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 put a like they put a fucking rubber band around his testicles, man. Like he he was white as a ghost, you know. And I, I find Ron Paul fascinating. I think he shoots from the hip. Um, you know, he has his beliefs, um, and. Uh, I'm nobody to fucking uh, discourage anybody from their beliefs. Um, and I like watching him speak. Um, 
um, you know, and that was as clear of a fucking uh, example that there is zero tolerance for anything but the two-party system. Unfortunately, uh, with Ron Paul, though, is that like he had to go into the ballot. I'm sorry to cut you off, guys. Um, unfortunately, with Ron Paul, is that he had to go into the ballot as a Republican. He had to go as a Republican conservative and uh, and have a place in the primaries so he can have any kind of chance to 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 make a difference. And and he just kind of like uh, you know he, he did his thing and, and, and I respect him for it. The color started going out. I would say this. Where it became clear that he wouldn't be able to win the delegates to run as an independent, and they made him run as a Republican. That's right. That's right. And then essentially, you didn't hear anything from it anymore. It was all that mimbo, uh, what's his nuts, I can't remember his name, um, who apparently is going to run again. Um, This is going to be a a hilarious election. Um, If you're a good cynic, um, are you talking about uh, the Texas election with uh, Wendy, whatever the hell her name is, and Wendy Davis? I'm, ta- I'm talking mid- Wendy Davis, and, and then all yeah. the way up to the next presidential. The midterms actually could have some fucking somewhat scary. Well, sure, guy is totally gonna fucking win the election because well, Wendy are, Davis totally fucked this up. And I'd love to hear from Neil, honestly because <laughs> I don't think she's a bitch. <laughs> Neil, what, what do you what are what are your thoughts on these midterms coming up? I mean, it seems like the Democrats are are, are pulling pulling all the punches to try to uh, hold on to uh, control. Uh, any thoughts on it? I think the Democrats are going to hold the Senate. I don't think I think there's a lot of brave talk about the House. I don't think they'll get that done, and. This cycle, I mean, I basically quit in 2012, and if it wasn't for some idiot friends who continued to pick fights, I would be basically invisible. And, uh, you know, so I'm not I'm not aiming to get out there and work on elections. So the only thing that I've paid attention to really has been Wendy Davis because the, the behavior there with her and, and the, the – right. Women's health care in Texas was so ridiculous. And then Sandra Fluck, who's running for state senate in in California. And other than that, I'm not. What, uh, no. Uh, what's what's your uh, your thoughts on the Kansas situation? Well, we have one party. I mean, if you look at the policy in this country, it's yep. set by it's set by Wall Street, and Wall Street is basically not a lot different than the Soviet Politburo. I mean, we have yep. a better standard of living you know, in some ways than the Russians did. But but the power isn't in D.C. anymore. And what it, what's in D.C. is a distraction because you have one side that has latched on to the wedge issues of environment and, and marriage equality and, yeah, and that's, you know, women's that's reproduction. Why I, I and, and the other side who's, who's no, latched on to some other wedge issues. And it's it's played so that there's no room for any kind of serious change. And, you know, I thought we needed it desperately in in 2001, and that was a view that I developed in retrospect by the 2004 election, and I voted for it a couple times now, and it's not happening. And it's you know, like the coyote going off the end of the cliff, and, you know, arms moving and legs pumping, and, you know, we're going to have that oh shit moment. And I'm surprised I like that we pulled out in 2008. No, I'm but really pants. surprised that we pulled out. Go ahead. 
Okay, go ahead, brother. So, so what's your your you know view on the Kansas situation right now? Because we're looking at Pat Roberts uh, down, and the Kansas Supreme Court decided that the you know quote unquote Democrat could run as an independent, and so we're you know looking- I haven't I haven't paid the least bit of attention to anything. House or Senate. It's just been the, the one race in Texas and the one in California that I've had, you know, any attention on at all. And then the stuff in Mississippi before the the guy got arrested and hung himself or whatever. Here, I would definitely encourage I you. think you'll find it interesting, Kay, and and you'll you'll want to comment on. There was the, uh, there was the, sort of this thread at uh, Flood Wall Street that um, uh, one impetus for uh, the organization of Flood Wall Street was um, the panic, sort of the panic um, of uh, of losing control of the, of the House or the Senate or both in the midterms. And um, so there was uh, a, uh, a fund made to hire young people to uh, energize uh, the young voter base. Um, and you know, it's just something I heard. I'm I'm not endorsing it. Um, I mean, obviously there was a a, a really strong NGO, um, weird cultish type uh, yeah. atmosphere there. But uh, yeah, we we talked about that last night. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, but it's interesting. I, I I think in one aspect, I mean, it it it, it speaks in positive light of um, of you know, what has been accomplished by um, uh, Occupy at all, um, simply uh, by um, showing that that demographic um, is a demographic. Uh, is active and yeah. bullshit. Bull- go, go, bullshit, go. What's the opposite side of that? You think well, no, what, I want to reflect on what Neil said. I think he's right. The true government of the United States is called Goldman Sachs. Definitely. And they are the ones who make all the decisions, not just for the United States, but for most of the world. And they do it to maximize their own gain. No other reason. Politics don't matter. Military doesn't matter. It's all about them becoming the biggest golden piece of shit on the face of the earth. Now, anybody who wants to get anywhere in D.C. has to go through the obstacle course of the corporations. That's all there is to it. Now, something Chomsky said is that in these Western democracies, the, the open room for debate is actually very narrow. But within that narrow span, you have extremely lively debate. Now, you've, got, you think, you've, got, you've got Gnome open right now? Well, I'm familiar with Gnome, but I mean, when you look at it in in, in that viewpoint, this is exactly yeah. what the United States is. There's these very should, should narrow issues to talk about, but everybody's should, all should over the spectrum. Now, now? That's true. That's true. I, you know? I, Noam Chomsky is an interesting person because he he sort of, he speaks the rhetoric and the language of of the revolutionary and 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 the working man and whatever, but he is such an academic elitist. It you know, well, um, I mean, he's like a New Yorker cartoon. I, mean, uh, I can't do that other. I mean, 
What's that? I can't agree with that. Go ahead. That's his world. That's where he's been for 60 years. He doesn't know anything else except a thousand books stacked up on the other side of the room. That's all he knows. No, absolutely. Um, you know, absolutely. And, and, and that's a whole other show, um, ac- academia and, and where that's going. And, and uh, it ties directly in with uh, Goldman Sachs, fucking masters of the universe. Um, when it, what you said, Glenn, I agree with it wholeheartedly. I think the only thing I didn't agree with is I don't think you can extract the military um, f- from from that from this equation yet because I think I think that they're 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 bedfellows. Um, okay, but how did ISIL get all their shit then? They're not on our side. They're not going to help. But yet they got armed. Somebody got paid. Oh, this absolutely. Is, this is what I'm. This is I what mean, I'm. What I mean about that we left caches of arms, we being the United States command, not not the soldiers, not us, left caches of of arms in in specific locations to facilitate all this. Absolutely, we did. Right, we we left caches of arms, but who trained them to use them? I mean, really. I mean, look at look at the facts. You know, it's like CIA uh, trained ISIL to fucking use these things. I mean, it's how and hard Masal, if you were to walk into Masal Seriously, in the chat room, says this is the first time I have heard academics being condemned, um, and, and I suppose <laughs> a little bit more of my 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 personal life. Uh, you know, I, I my family is a family of academics. I am I am the farthest thing from um, um, you know, but it is it is certainly a um, an offshoot of of the elite um, and uh, an increasingly uh, co opted and dangerous one um, as universities uh, depend more and more on the same dollar that that the rest of this system does, which is essentially the Goldman dollar, uh, right. you know, they, they, uh, they lose any sort of, uh, um, integrity and, uh, the whole premise of academia, you know, as a, as a Greek concept goes out the window. Um, just like the Greek concept of democracy with money. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just an interesting side note. Um, but, you know, so, you know, as far as academics, it, it, I mean, it's not that I'm condemning, I'm condemning them on, on a whole level, but as like a segment of, of the population that, um, uh, especially the old school guys that can uh, um, exalt themselves in their tower, um, uh, you know, of, of of intellect and tenure. Um, I mean, once you're a tenured professor um, and taking corporate money, um, you become you you can become a fairly insidious character um, with a lot of with a lot of pull uh, for the for the wrong team. So um, right, you know, it, 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 as he said, is like an interesting side note is that. Uh, you know these, you know uh, your your professors and your brothers and sisters have uh, have done these things, 
And uh, on top of that, you know, like uh, we have uh, government agents, you know, providing the training and support to use these weapon systems in order to destroy the Middle East. Uh, and on top of that, middle, you know, uh, United States of America. And we haven't seen any kind of, um, I don't know, example of United States of America being destroyed by uh, by these weapon systems or, you know, the people trained, you know, thereof. But they're out there. They're freaking out there, dude. <laughs> and, and we can't deny that. I mean, could, can anybody disagree with me or? No. I heard uh, early on, I, I heard, I, I think, some misconceptions about how things are going in Syria and and how things got into the condition that they're in. Um, I will preface this by giving you guys a, a thing to go Google for. Mind if I interject real quick? Hey, mind if I interject real quick? So we oh, have about one minute left. Now... You guys can call in and actually listen to the show at 646-929-1480. Now, please, go on. <laughs> okay. Um, that, the thing I just named, KGS Nightwatch, is the foremost geopolitical threat monitor in the world. And it's the simple little once-every-night, during-weekdays uh letter that comes out, and the guy that runs it retired from the DIA after like 38 years. And it's just, it, you know, it's award-winning. It's the best source out there, and it's not long. It's, you know, it'll run to maybe three pages on a busy day. And the guys who run that have diplomatic and military contacts worldwide, and when they say something's going to happen, they are almost always right, and usually days to months ahead of the rest of the world. And none of them write for in before news or uh, veterans or RT, right? No, this is this is intelligence analysts. It's not nice. reporters. Cool. And yeah, and and if you go through that and I have, I, I read it every day. Um, in Syria you have to break it down into the different ethnic groups because those are dividing lines there. And, you know, you have the, the coastal region, which is Alawite and, and just a patchwork of other groups, like the whole Mediterranean coast is in that area. And you have a Sunni Arab interior, and then you have the Kurds, and those are kind of the three major power groups there. And we have, in, in the U.S., there are multiple views, and one of the most influential and, and stupid at the same time are the neoconservatives and when the Cold War ended their entire motivation for getting into the Mideast was they wanted to whack the last surviving uh, client states for the old Soviet Union and that being uh, Syria, Iran and they were concerned about North Korea and this has proven to be you know, essentially suicidal for us as an empire and the, the weapons that are turning up over there, I mean, a lot of that came out of Libya when mm -hmm. the Libyan government imploded and the NATO mission showed up. And instead of a no-fly zone, they implemented a no-armor zone and hurried things along, which was 
we thought a good move and, and it turns out to be a disaster because now Libya is like Somalia. It's broken up into three major pieces and nothing is ever going to put it back together. And those weapons ended up in Syria. And the other big source is there are a bunch of warehouses in Croatia and Serbia and Bosnia, and they have been drained. All of that stuff ended up in Syria. And the U.S. weaponry that has drifted into the control of ISIS has been in the last like, eight weeks uh, since they overran. Where is it? I forget the name of the, the base. It was one of the big ones up north. Hmm. Up near, uh, near Mosul. Yeah, yeah. They, right. It's not Mosul itself. There was a, a major facility, and they came out of it with some M1 Abrams and you know some other stuff that they shouldn't have. And you were talking about Baghdad and, and the political issues there. And you've got a country there that's two-thirds Sunni and, and mostly Arab, except for the north. And if you look at where the Shiite population is, they're, they're nestled up against Iran. And the, the supreme leader in Iran was born in Iraq. And the top jurist for the uh, Iraqi government is Iranian. So that's not a, a the, the boundaries there are not what we would think as Westerners. And I think that the the, the Shiite in Iraq believe over the long haul that they're going to end up in the Iranian sphere of influence. So it is extraordinarily complex and. You know, we have an opinion about it, and the Russians have an opinion, the Iranians do, the Turks do, the Saudis do. Those are the big players. And the Qataris, for mm -hmm. the more beastly behavior from ISIS, that's probably got their dollars behind it. Mm -hmm. They seem to, you know, and that's that's been the case in, in Mali and some of the other trouble in, in the, the Maghreb. It's been funded by Qatar. And, uh, and, and in conclusion... There, you know, this is one of those things. You know, we don't have a dog in the fight. We can't even tell how many dogs there are in that fight right now. Right. And, right. I, I would love. I would love. I would love to see somebody uh, be able to to illustrate us an accurate flow chart or Venn diagram or something of who. You know, on who. Twitter, on Twitter, there's a guy called David McCandless. And he's a, a data science guy, and they publish a blog called Information is Beautiful. And I oh, think yeah, they I that. did. They I usually did bring it on kind of idea. What's that? I usually bring it on kind of guy, too, because if we don't have a dog in the fight, it's like bringing on, you know? And, and, and really, uh, this kind of situation where it's like, you know, you, you, you can't bring it on. It's just going to happen. And we don't know when or where, but it's going to happen. And that's it's not really what, scary. What is, what is it? Like, what is, what is the, the, the zero point there? What's it? Like them going into Baghdad or? Nah, well, diversion. It's not, it's not going to Baghdad. It's, it's about here in the United States of America. Um, I mean, do you... Do you you really do you think that ISIL is currently like a domestic threat? No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Trust me, no, I don't. <laughs> I've I've got plenty of guns and plenty of bullets against them. Fuck them. Just try to pull anything here. The the try. idea comes. Try. The idea. May, may I interject here for a second? Indeed. 
um, the idea comes down to the idea of, you know, national borders. Um, and when we look at the Middle East, um, you know, it all starts with Israel and Palestine. Uh, but it expands to Iraq, which was a British, you know, subject forever and is a falsely created country. And, you know, a lot of the countries in the Middle East and Africa, for that matter, came out of colonialism and, you know, have falsely created borders based on, you know, the imperialism of the 19th and 20th centuries. So... We're we're fighting civil wars that, you know, are based on false borders. Borders created from imperialism, borders created post-World War II, etc. I mean, and that that is like... Does anybody disagree with me? And and it's one of the weird, like, tenets of of ISIL that I think um, a lot of... uh, 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 Muslims in the region um, whose uh, upbringing and history overlaps with tribalism, which, you know, the, as I understand it, and it is complex, uh, uh, Sharia and Sunni is a tribal conflict. It goes back to the time when... Uh, 700 A.D. Yeah. When there when, were no, where they, right? they decided, you know, when whether Ali broke with the with the with the when Ali broke Ali away from Israel. Yeah. 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 When he, yeah. I mean, how 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 clever to to have slipped Israel into the Middle East. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to. You well, have to, the ironic thing is, if you if you study the Quran and you study the Torah, you know, the Torah. Um, Judaism and Islam are actually much more closely related. They're semi. Judaism oh. and Christianity. They're semi. They're the only two oh. semi people in the on the globe. Of course, their 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 history they're is very it's, it's the difference between Abraham and Jacob. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you're talking about like like stories, man. And uh, got that part right. You know. Um, yeah, there's stories, but it's yeah. but is is Incredibly it not powerful and persistent that, that a Christian nation, you know, and we're not a Christian nation. I I don't like to think of us like that. But is it not ironic that a, a mostly Christian nation backs, you know, Israel against the Muslims? When it really should be the Muslims and the Judaites together against but us. It's it, it, it's that it's it's the it's the old formula that that Caesar sort of laid down, and then and then the Roman Empire nah. uh, mastered, and then handed it off to the Ottoman Empire, and then they handed it off to the British Empire, et cetera, et cetera. Portuguese, Spanish mixed in there a little bit, but it's all the same fucking shell game. You know, divide, don't consolidate, divide, consolidate. I would have to agree with this. I have to agree to this. Divide and uh, and uh, and play over people's beliefs. I mean, the United States is a franchise. 
That's what we are. We're a franchise of empire. You can argue how far back your mem, you know, your your sense of history goes to, you know, the the, the British Empire, or you can go farther back, you know, to the Roman Empire. You know, well, Roman, there's there's one you know, difference here, though. There's can I one, can I read can I read one quote real quick? Little Marie, Little Marie, Little Marie. Patriotism in a democratic society cannot possibly be unquestioning support of the government. Not if we take seriously the principles of democracy as set forth in the Declaration of Independence, our founding document. Bart, what was the source? So was that John Adams or Thomas Jefferson? Uh, It came from Howard Zinn. Oh. I thought it was an original. I'm an unabashed. No, no, it's, uh, it's a deep end. I was just wondering what the source was. That's okay. And, and so, so see, Howard Zinn is a is a clear exception to that that weeping generalization I made about academia earlier. But you have to understand, that he, my father was a professor his whole life. Um, he's 89 now, um, and he has given me full permission to wage jihad against the university system in this country for the four... Oh, damn. Careful now. For the four... Oh, Careful now, dude. Reported. I don't give a fuck. You know, hey. for the yeah, like 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 You realize... I like it. I like it. You realize that, that the... I mean, dude, my dad's 89. What, are they going to go arrest him? He's the one who said it. And, 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 no, no, we're not going to arrest you. It's just like, this is a show based upon opinions. That's all. And, you, and, you know, Andy was a commander in the Navy, man. He's 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 square. Sure. Um, but, uh, he, yeah. I, I believe this passage is perfect. Well, it's it only... nationalism. That devotion to a flag, an anthem, a boundary, so fierce it engenders mass murder. One of the great evils of our time, along with racism and religious hatred. These ways of thinking, cultivated, nurtured, indoctrinated from childhood on, have been useful to those in power and deadly for those others outside the dominating ethnic, racial, or religious groups. Yeah, welcome to human history. Yeah, I sure <laughs> hope that it wasn't from that, the thirty-third degree of bone scones, that's bone one. bones. I'll take this moment to endorse psychedelics uh, because the primary function that they serve is to dissolve those boundaries and um, up, up, obscure them. Um, so that's a plug uh, from our way, advertisers. the mushrooms when you come in town. Word. That's our that's a pledge from our uh from our, 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 our sponsor, Doctor Hoffman. Oh uh, every if, single one of your fuckers I'm gonna buy a drink of. Every single one of you, I'm gonna buy a fucking drink. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna cottage with each other. <laughs> We're have fun. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was actually a great show. I don't know if Neil's still on. Um you know, but I, I I really do like the perspective he brings uh, to the show. What a what a great panel! Like uh, Glenn, K, fucking A, guest, um, Dalek set it up. Dal- Dalek's probably like uh, walking on the ceiling right now. Dalek, are you still in? I'm sure he's masturbating. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, that's shredding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just around here. Just I just wanted to, to get a back. dude that's like having so many goddamn problems, I guess. Yeah, whatever. That's okay. This is where I first fall in. I'm what problem? I'm freaked out. <laughs> Can no, I get back? Great, man. Can I get back Thank to you. Syria? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Clint. Okay, well, I'm just curious if anybody else sees the issue of Syria, which was basically a conflict that was created. And it's still going on, and some people cannot understand how Assad has not fallen yet. Maybe because he might be popular there. But that doesn't matter. Oh, shit. But that doesn't matter to the world powers, because Syria is still existing, and it's on that list. It doesn't have a Rothschild central bank. You're right. Now, we have BRICS starting up. BRICS countries are going to start their own IMF. This is the biggest threat to the IMF, the World Bank, and American hegemony that they've ever seen. Ever. I think I think Syria is the first battleground for BRICS versus IMF, and Crimea was another one. And and throw Turkey in there. Brazil, Russia, uh, India, India, South America, and China are completely fucking exempt from the Federal Reserve's complete atrocities to the uh, American, to the well, world Brazil's market. <laughs> Brazil, sure. I mean, but but if they're part of the British nations, the RAS... And four out of the five have nuclear arms. That's another factor. <laughs> yeah, but changer and um it is, it is definitely part, part of sort of this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Four out of the five bricks? Why don't, why don't you, four out of the five bricks have nuclear weapons? Which ones do you think have them? Russia? Allegedly, Brazil doesn't have any nuclear arms. Russia, China, India, and South Africa have nuclear weapons. Oh, South Africa disarmed, and I think that was a long time ago. Do you believe but, it? All it takes is one country to have it, right? right? That's, like, that's, that's a question. Who believe it? Oh, holy shit, we're running out of radio time. <laughs> we got yeah, about oh, we got about like fifteen minutes left. Well, no, no. All right, let's go, yep. let's let's do it. Okay. Uh, South Africa ran out of nuclear arms. Go on. Yeah, they they were disarmed in. <laughs> No, we got like voluntary dis vol- voluntary dismantlement okay. in 1989. Don't believe that, dude. Well, can well, you know, I know that happened, but I don't know. You know, I Have you I, seen I, I don't trust them. They got them in the first place from Israel. So yeah, exactly. And, and again, it only takes one one country in in an alliance uh, that signs a pact like like language in NATO that says an, uh, an attack on one is an attack on all, which Brick may very well do. And oh, it, it's in there. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. An attack on one is an attack on all for the Bricks now. <laughs> you don't, you, 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 don't, you, don't no. you don't think they'll, they'll posture that strong? No. I, I think that you will see... I mean, because the other the other two large regions globally, 
North America, primarily the U.S., and Europe. And I think that you will see the BRICS stick together on forcing changes, and I think one of those big changes will probably be the composition of the U.N. Security Council, mm-hmm. uh, which needs to expand because it's not representative the way it is now. But the, the idea that Russia and China are going to be 100% in agreement is not the case. No. And China's obviously pressing in on Russia, and India and China being on the same page? <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's a conflict zone waiting to happen. With Pakistan stuck in them, stuck right in there, and they're nuclear armed as well. Yeah, that, I, that is that is something that often I'm like, I I forget, and then when I recall, I'm like, God damn, Pakistan has nuclear weapons. Jesus. Doctor Khan was a good Santa. Oh, he gave nuclear them weapons, nuclear weapons, and. Uh, Nightwatch has been saying for about the last three or four months, all the signs are there for a military coup. And that's not unusual yeah. with the Pakistani government. But yeah. that what, just, what that is, is going on with Kim Jong Jr.? Where is Kim Jong Jr.? He's fucking dead. dead. No, he's not dead. <laughs> but he's, I heard he has a fear No, no, no. Here, here, there's nothing but speculation. Yeah. You want my speculation on it after the uh, flamethrower-based execution of some of the senior people that he didn't like? The rest of them all said, what is this 28-year-old crazy man doing? Excuse and they whacked him. Did you say, say flamethrower execution? Yep. Yep, using flamethrowers for executions and then not feeding dogs, like military dogs, for a couple days and then sticking someone in a cage with them. That's two of the things that have been reported on Nightwatch. They got that flamethrower shit on Lively? Mm, I don't think the images have gone out from it, but it's, it's real. <laughs> He's totally fucked up, man. Kim Jong-un is done. He is fucking done. And there's there's nothing he can do about that it. That's you know? crazy. He may be dead. The fact, the fact that he hasn't appeared in 30 no. days and that he's missing important functions, they may have killed him and they're going to see how long they can milk it before they announce that he's gone. Yeah, he may That's what listen, I think he might have uh, another it, huge... If, if you were in a country where like everything that you did or, or seen was because of the Supreme Leader, you know, <laughs> and, and this guy is completely gone for 30 days. Like, he's gone. He's fucking gone. You know, yeah, <laughs> like what would you think? You know, it, it, you want to think anything because you're completely mind controlled to the fact that you know he's he's fucking gone. Oh, yeah, but I, I, I think the people you know want to hear the, the opinions upon that. It's like it's like, oh my god, he's gone! Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Right. Talk about yourselves. <laughs> I, I don't know. Are the are the people of North Korea so so so? Indoctrinated and brain brainwashed that that I know right <laughs> it would it would be it would no, be no, a no. traumatic uh, episode to lose the great ones but I mean just like delving into into speculative psyches possible which I kind of dig like uh, imagine being hey, the, um, seventy three um, yeah shut up all right <laughs> the son, imagine being the son of the exalted leader like. You know, what, what what kind of perception of the world do you grow up with? And then and then you execute 
people with a flamethrower? That is fucking awesome. That is crazy, man. Like, I can't get my hands on a flamethrower. Go ahead. That's symptomatic of, 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 like, Western culture that, that his father and, obviously, Kim Jong Jr., like, immersed themselves in. Like, this, this horrific violence that we see, uh, you know, with ISIS, this is nothing new. Decapitations, public decapitations. My God, man, we use the guillotine. In Saudi Black- Arabia beheaded 29 yes. people in September. Exactly. That's true. You know, the cartels, they do it, you know, in every province of Mexico on the daily, dude. They throw the fucking heads in the in the town square. We don't see that, right? Western culture invented this kind of super violence. You know, Clockwork Orange had it right. You know, it, 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 I, I, I pity the fool that the blue eye fucking stakes their claim on. You know, um, the the level of violence that was that was um, uh, expressed against indigenous people in the New World, it it it, it, it makes ISIL look, you know, like kindergarten. Um, well, well, really, every, they have no choice. I mean, like compared to ISIL, compared to ISIL, like you know, people can run away and fight against ISIL and show like that. Like uh, with with North Korea, it's like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? You've got limited landscapes. You've got limited uh, resources in order to, you know, fire back at them and shit like that. You know, oh, you yeah, have you nothing. Can, I mean, you you have fucking nothing. Yeah, you can I mean, the, the the people in North Korea, like, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched any of, of the, the, not not the, the hilarious propaganda videos, but actual, you know, short clips of footage. I mean, uh, oh, I'm infatuated by by North Korea. Fucking like, all right. So, so well, somebody goes into North Korea and and films the inside of North Korea. I'm actually like literally infatuated by YouTube videos of actually you know uh, filming posts and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what. Here in America, like if ISIL comes here and tries to pull the shit that they try to pull. I will fucking blow their brains out, you know? It's like, there's, there's that, no brain. Hang on, hang on. You know I mean? Are you yeah, jerking it? Are you jerking it to North Korean video? I I do jerk, jerk it North Korean videos. Uh, I I have no shame to jerking North Korean videos. No, no, actually, I'm, I'm being serious now. Uh, when I watch North Korean videos, it's like, hey, you know, look at these massive fucking buildings. You know, these are works of art. This is like architectural uh, marvels, and nobody gets to see it. So, like, literally, you, nobody gets to see it. Propaganda. Symbols. Yeah, is that what you're going with? It is crazy, man. The imperialistic architecture. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, you're right. It's it, it, it empty. It's like it's. They're massive. Absolutely nothing. That's all they I'm, are. I'm fascinated by and and, and you have to be minded by by North Korean nationals that are like, hey, like you can only take certain pictures of blah blah blah, yeah. and you know, thank God for these Western journalists that are actually going oh, in man. there and, and, and showing man. us the, the truth. You know, well, it's like in North Korea. <laughs> They're not an enemy. They're really not an enemy. Like, North Korea is not an enemy. 
no, no, that, that's, like, that, that's like that's what that's a kingdom. Like we, that's still like the enemy is the king. You know, the people are right. clearly, the fife, the fiefdom is clearly not the enemy. It's like the enemy is a very precise entity. Uh, maybe yeah. not, maybe not so much anymore. The interesting thing about about whether Kim Kim Jong Junior is dead or not is that. Um, sort of these insane military strategic moves where he's put troops and stuff, um, which, if there was a, a palace coup, um, would probably be reversed pretty quickly. Haven't been reversed, um, you know. But I, uh, you know, either he's got the worst case of the gout ever recorded, um, or he, or he's dead. And, Holy fuck! Like somebody made a good point. Uh, that, that North Korea is just milking it and, and using this time to figure out what's going to happen. They have met with South Korean delegates, um, which is actually pretty historical, um, a couple times in the last three weeks. I, uh, I think it was it was derailed a, a couple uh, boats, uh, you know, at South Korea and North Korea lobbed a couple shells at each other. How do I raise my hand? Go ahead, Glenn, you're up. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, in a totalitarian communist country like North Korea, they've got so much footage of him in the can, he can be dead for two years and he'll still be on TV every day. Now, That's there's, true. There's, there's, true. No way, there's no way this is not planned if he has been eliminated. There have been reports of his plane only. He's the only one who uses this plane. Generals in military uniform have been to Beijing. Now, this, oh, is, so there's now this is good. Lot, there's lots of things that are wrong with this picture. They're on his plane, and in North Korean culture, in military culture, if you wear your uniform to the opponent's ground, you are showing respect. You are admitting defeat in some manner. So, right. previously, when North Korean army officials went to Beijing or Moscow or wherever, they sure as hell didn't get off the plane in full uniform. This time That's they correct. did. They were smiling. They were taking pictures. Something has definitely changed in North Korea. But when when will they tell their own people? You know, when will they tell their own people? There's no time limit. They can take and as I long as they want. We'll, we, we know more than, than there is, people. Of I mean, there's there. no time when, when, when they tell the people. I mean, like, you know, if, if the supreme leader, if the supreme leader says that dolphins can fucking talk to humans and shit like that, you know, they will believe that, which is that really unfortunate. Well, they don't have and, much uh, choice but to believe it. Uh, right, uh, right. And, and John C. Lilly. Is anybody familiar with John C. Lilly? He's not the guy and from honestly, the Honestly, like, the North Korean culture is really fascinating because uh, they'll just believe anything that they they, they, they hear from, from, from like the government. It's like watching a, a car wreck, you know? Like I'm, yeah, I'm, but this, I'm this, gonna... condition, this condition of the North Koreans being subservient to the government word, this is nothing new. I mean, it's happened. Right. Ev- it's happened everywhere around the world before, and yeah, to a, say, to a certain degree, to a certain degree, it's happening in the United States, and it's happening in Canada, That's true. And, and it's happening That's true. everywhere. 
Absolutely. So, our, ca- our cage may be a gilded one, but but it's a know, cage nonetheless. It's just the same I mean, hey, like a different like, degree. The, the, the Dolphins speak to their, our supreme leader, and the Arizona Cardinals went over the Arizona or the Arizona Cardinals went, went over the uh, the Washington Redskins. Like we're going to listen to every word that the Cardinals said to kind of decipher next week's you know plays and and and, and winning possibilities and shit like that. It's, it's like come on, dude. <laughs> I think we're all going to get cut off right away, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to we're going to get cut off in a second. But uh, that was a really fun no. show. Um, I thought that was a great discussion. Wait one second. And, uh, uh, so and, and Dalek and Dalek uh, is in tidy chat. I'll pass that pass that along, and uh, I think he'll be spinning some tunes. Well, it was an interesting show. Thank you, everyone who's on the air. This was fun. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You, this is a great yeah. show. I was happy to be horror. Oh my god, fucking beer! Great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a great show. All right, shut up, be quiet, and you stay. You know. You know what I just uh, realized is that there's a seal on the seal on the bottle of Gosling. Wow, (laughs) that's fucking deep, right there, bro. There is a seal on the seal. That's fucking deep. Shit. That's fucking Mason shit. Yo, that was awesome. Fucking go to Tiny Chat. Watch uh, watch everybody cut up and have a good time. Glenn, yo, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. That was a good show. Yeah, that was a great conversation. Hey, yo, Where's man. You great to have you on, brother, man. Where's, where's Kay? Is he still on here? No. He's uh he's on Tiny Chat though. Oh yeah. Did Neil drop too? No, I'm still uh, here. No. Oh, there Neil, you are. Th- yo, thanks for coming on, man. I I noticed you said uh, in in the chat room that that this show wasn't at all what you expected, in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> oh no, I mean this is this is interesting, and I guess I'll be watching on Twitter, and who knows, maybe I'll be around next Sunday. We'll see. Yeah, man, it was um, it was it was great to have you on and, and your perspective. And uh, you know, I, I, I always like what you have to say when 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 there's no drama in circling. So uh, thanks for coming on. <laughs> well, no drama. You know, it was a big relief for uh, everybody. Yeah, it was nice talking to you, Neil. All right, I'll talk to you guys. All right, everybody. Peace. Bye. Just a shout out to everybody. Uh, follow Shin underscore duo, and uh, to everybody else, go ahead and shout out your your Twitter handles, and we'll we'll have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, peace, peace. So, Glenn, are you are you gonna come down to the tiny chat after party? I doubt it. I've made my one appearance on tiny chat already this year. Oh, come on. Well, is that you? No, I don't. I, I hardly ever TC, man. Ah, all right. All right, peace out. All right, good night. All right, guys. Good night. Good night. Later on. <laughs>